Welcome back to this week's episode of On the Level Leadership. And I was participating in a workshop the other day, and one of the leaders in the room asked the question, once we've hired the right talent, how do we retain them? In the context of COVID, this can be really tough, but I do have six things I want to bring to your attention today with respect to employee retention. Now, there are some slight differences when it comes to retention of talent if you work in the private sector versus the public sector. In the public sector, for example, the incentive of being paid more money or getting big bonuses upon performance or for staying with an organization is less of a factor. In public service, for example, the factor is more about culture and it's more about what the overall vision and implementation of your office is doing that benefits the public, thus the nature of public service. But regardless of public or private, there are some commonalities, some common things that we can do as leaders to help retain our staff within our teams. I'll start with the common and then I'll differentiate between private and public. There's one or two that are a little different. The first and most important thing you can do within your organization is to foster a positive working culture. What does that mean? Well, this means that you are open to collaboration. There's innovation or innovative ways of working so people can bring their ideas to the table, feel heard and see themselves in the culture in a very positive way way. It's all about diversity and inclusion. And it's also about recognizing and honoring those that work around us and how we have differences, but in those differences, also recognizing just how similar we all are as human beings. Another key factor with employee satisfaction and retention is the notion of work-life balance. What does that look like? Well, work-life balance is a little bit of a lie. It's not entirely possible to be completely balanced between work and life. Sometimes work has greater demands on us that can kind of make things at home a little tougher. And sometimes our home environments create stresses on us that can maybe bring us away from the work environment just a little bit. But here's the thing, as an organization, that balance is really about reflecting on how you can support your staff when they are struggling at home. And when they are struggling at work, what boundaries can you support so that they can reachieve or rebalance their lives so that they don't feel like work is all consuming. We see it in the generations that are coming up behind us. They're really not about living to work, they're about working to live. So we want to make sure that we honor and respect the culture so that they have the capacity to sort of check out at the end of the day to rest and recover on weekends, for example, and to be able to take breaks like vacations on a regular basis so that they can actually be their best selves when they show up to work. The second thing is to recognize and honor employees contributions. And I know that some companies and organizations do this with big award ceremonies, but I think it's more personalized than that. You know, it's really about not just saying thank you to your staff every day, but it's about listening to what their needs are and then just showing up as a leader with a response or an answer to those needs without being prompted. And also being able to recognize on a regular basis, whether it's daily, weekly, what have you, for the efforts and the ideas that people are bringing forward. Um, employees that feel recognized and rewarded really don't necessarily want to leave their organizations unless it's for some promotion or an opportunity that'll help them grow. It really does help boost morale and motivation in your organization. The third is providing opportunities for growth and development. And it doesn't matter if you're private or public sector, if people don't feel like they can grow in their careers and grow in their roles, then they're going to stagnate and eventually feel like they've outgrown their roles and will want to go elsewhere. So it's really important to talent manage effectively if you want to help keep people in your organization. So what kind of training do you offer? What kind of mentorship? Can you mentor? Do you mentor staff in your team right now to help them grow? Do you provide advice? Do you coach them by asking open-ended questions and asking them what their interests are and where they want to grow and develop and ask them how you can support them in 
in that endeavor. And working with your employees to see where their strengths are so that you can really leverage those strengths to help them get promoted or maybe achieve greater professional success by giving them opportunities to do things that maybe their job description doesn't necessarily say they do, but giving them the opportunity to grow by offering them the opportunity to do something else as well. Now, clearly we want to make sure they're compensated if it's an acting situation where they're maybe taking on more roles or responsibilities. But at the end of the day, what kind of uh, opportunities are you suggesting or offering for your staff? Now, I realize that some people at the lower levels of the chain of command may not have a whole lot of control over talent management and how talent is managed organization. But I think as a leader, no matter what level you're sitting at, I think there's an opportunity for you to work with your employees directly to see how you might support them. And it might just be being a sounding board to them when it comes to career development and advice. I mean, if you've walked a few paths further than they have, they may actually be very interested in what you have to say and might actually respect you enough to want to have your input into how they should lead their careers. Now, cautionary tale, do not tell people what they should do with their careers. Rather, try to coach them and ask them the questions to get them, them, they themselves to kind of see what the next logical steps are based on their desired outcomes. Now, in the private sector, you might want to be looking at offering competitive salaries and benefits. Now, when I worked in the public sector, we had a really hard time competing, especially for those really technical roles that we were trying to bring into the public service to support either decision-making or policy decisions and so on. When we're looking at data analysis or scientific work, you know, bringing those specialists into a government setting, say, may be very limiting with respect to paycheck. But then again, we have all of the benefits packages that are usually greater than what the public private sector has to offer. So from a private sector perspective, the focus on salaries and benefits and being competitive with other like-minded companies might come into play with respect to retaining your staff. That doesn't mean you copycat other organizations in your area or in your niche even, but it's really about taking a really good, solid, deep dive in what you're offering your employees currently and asking the question, is it competitive? And if it's not competitive, what more could you potentially tolerate in order to support the maintenance and retention of that talent within your organization? Because losing that talent has a dollar value attached to it. When Every time you've got to recruit, you have to spend money on campaigns, you have to spend money on the recruitment processes, and then you have the ramp up time where you're maybe not as effective because that individual has to come online. And depending on what you do and the nature of the work that your organization performs, you know, that, that that lead time can be anywhere from, you know, two weeks to two months. And finally, when it comes to public service, reinforcing the meaningful impact of the public service is really kind of a key part to, to saving the sense of community that you might have built within your organization. Public service is just that, it's service. And we, um, as public servants, typically go into these roles knowing that the policy that we're developing or the programs that we're enhancing will have a positive impact on the people that we serve the public, the taxpayer. So in the public service, you keep and retain staff with great leadership. So enabling people, encouraging them, um, having strong visionary, challenging the process, renewing and improving things like everywhere else. But in addition to that, it's really about understanding and linking what their public service role is, how they link to that in the role and in the job that they do on a day-to-day basis and understanding the positive impact that that has on the public at large, either in their city, their province, territory, state, or their country. So those are some ideas around how to retain staff within your organization. It's not always an easy dance to have with people because people are complex individuals and we bring different problems to the table. But I think that if you just remember to give opportunities, to encourage your staff, to develop a positive working culture, to recognize and and, uh, honor people when they do things really well, and knowing how they fit in the big picture, 
and make sure that they're compensated accordingly will all help to help you keep your retain your staff, especially in this day and age when everybody is so competitive for the talent that is out there currently. Anyway, I hope that helped. If you did get anything out of this, make sure you like this video. And if you like this kind of content, make sure you subscribe because I am here nearly every week providing assistance to you as a leader to help you be the best leader you can be so you can grow in your career and help grow your organization. Thanks again for watching. I'll see you next time.